Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, MLB Chuck, now brought to you by the Internet News Network, Screenworks Entertainment, Atlanta Mix 108, Smooth Jazz Cleveland, and of course, Dove and Dragon Radio. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button down below and join me for all the new interviews. Bye. Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Chalk. I'm here with a special guest today, Jay Calvin Tibbs. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here, Mel. How are you? Good. And yourself? Very good. Very good. Very excited. Now, you have this awesome book out. It's called Praise for the President and the Congress and the Senate. Now, this is something we should be doing every day anyways. And there's so much going on in today's 2020. Yes. We're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing this. We're not doing this. If we were doing this, then the tumult wouldn't be the case as it relates to race relations. The tumult wouldn't be the case in terms of the fear and the pandemic and the activity. And I'm, I'm pretty confident in my mind that when people pray, God does answer. And when there seems to be no answers, it's because people may not be praying. I'm a firm believer in that. It doesn't matter. Okay. I have friends across all aspects of religion. I don't care what religion you are. We're going to use God as a spiritual being, a higher power, mm -hmm. and say this. If you're not praying to your higher power, nothing's going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, at the end of the day, we all have uh, an, an activity, right? It's like everybody is a gift that when opened, it releases what someone else needs. Yes. And what... I might need or you might need or somebody else might need if I withhold that mm -hmm. then I'm not releasing the thing that I was created for so it, it's it kind of all works together if we're not having the conversation if we're not doing the thing mm -hmm. then the world is suffering because of us exactly I mean okay we can go into our little shells that we call ourselves and be fearful of everything and then we're only releasing fear into the atmosphere into the world into society so what happens when you have 10 people in one room, fearful of whatever the case may be, nothing gets done. Now you have the anxiety, you have the rage, you have the anger because nothing's going done. Exactly. And people get used to getting nothing done mm -hmm. as a means of coping. Mm -hmm. Some people get used to getting nothing done as a means of, I can't do anything about all of this trouble. And they miss out on a very important aspect, again, which is we're not asking anyone to save the world. We're just asking people to contribute to their world. And when we do that on an individual basis, the world around us begins to change, albeit very small, perhaps, or maybe even on a larger scale. But to do nothing is to do something. But that something is actually not contributing to the solution, but to the problem. Very correct. We take everything that we do. I can sit here on the computer and say I'm working and I'll get nothing done. 
because what am I, I doing? I'm on Facebook, on social media, on whatever, and nothing's getting done. So what am I doing to my own world? world? Is I'm getting anxiety because, oh my goodness, I need to get A, B, and C done. But in reality, what am I doing? You know, you hit the nail on the head. I think this idea, even concerning, like you said, watching Facebook or looking at Netflix or whatever, I think the defaults that we take as humans are really telling. They're telling because they reveal that we feel a sense of, instead of being empowered, powerless. And so the result of powerlessness is to do nothing but be entertained. Mm -hmm. And so since America has been sort of struck right at the heart of entertainment, no basketball, no sporting events, most movies have been delayed, just watching them reduced to what's in your house. I think that's something to look at, you know, because they do their jobs well. They bring us into a sense of reality or a sense of fantasy or a sense of just feeling good at watching what they do as entertainers. But I think the bigger part of what should be done is the act, if you will, that we all have our own scripts, our own basketballs to throw, balls to hit, our uh, situations to catch. And because we've grown weird, I don't know if it's weary or just deluded by, I want to watch you do it, that the bigger part of humanity is missing out on that individual common person who is not walking out their lines, catching their balls, or making their own touchdowns. And it's time to consider getting the game. Right. We can no longer just sit on the sidelines. We have to be responsible for all our own happiness. We have to be responsible for growing and learning and doing the things that we're envious of watching TV. <laughs> Very well put, because to become envious of what someone does is a paralyzing thing. It's a neutralizing thing. It's not their fault that they're good at it. It's our responsibility to be good at what we do. And for weeks now, I've been trying to get everyone that I can get in contact with to get their voice out there, wherever there may be. Because again, you're a gift waiting to be unpacked mm -hmm. so that that gift can help other people. Gifts are not for the bearer, but for the end user. So I love what Dr. Miles Monroe one time said. He said, you owe me what's inside of you. And he's absolutely right. And I think there are too many people in envy mode and not in giving mode. Right. And what people need to understand, when you get into the giving mode, whether it's giving to a homeless shelter, if it's giving your time to a child, if it's giving to whatever you're giving, doesn't mean money, it means time, your personality, your voice, it ignites something in here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that wording. It ignites something because love is just that. It's an ignition of things. It's an igniting of things. It's an illuminating of things. And when people, it, if you will walk in what I call their design potential, then what's in them comes out. And as a result, it handles that issue. It solves that problem. It answers that question. But when we don't allow the igniting to occur, and that's the reason why, again, it's worth looking at people who hated their jobs are probably happy that they don't go there. They wish they had the money, but there's no igniting to get back. We've got to find what ignites us and align our activities in that direction versus a career path that is focused upon money first. 
Exactly. I have friends that are in landscaping. They had X amount of employees before the pandemic. Well, now that they're hiring the people that they had last year in these jobs, they don't want to come back. I'm like, mm. now for them, it's a good thing for the employee because now they can find their passion somewhere else. As an employer, now we have job openings and they can't find employees because it's not exciting them. It's not igniting their passion. Yeah, that whole igniting thing is so important because the ignition of a thing or igniting of a thing is going to create that spark. It's the spark that people feel when they love each other. It's the spark that people feel when they look at each other with love. And it's also the spark when a thought and the decision moment, there's a little bitty gap between the thought and the act upon the thought that too many people find themselves feeling, I think, that they're inadequate to do, they're inadequately prepared for. And so all this time, this little pause button with COVID-19 has put people in positions where unfortunately many marriages have recognized that that spark is not there any longer. I think they can recapture it, but that's for another uh, subject. But when it comes down to what we could be doing with the spark that we do have, even though there may not be an audience for it just yet, again, every gift is a solution to somebody else's problem. Exactly. You can, I tell people this all the time, oh, you're bored? Write a book. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a good book. It doesn't have to be anything of that people are actually going to buy to read but you are going to get the thoughts whatever is in your mind on paper when you put things on paper then you start thinking about with another part of your brain when you start doing that you're going to find your own passion yeah you're exactly right because what's in writing is now authorized to live mm -hmm. if it's not in writing it's easily forgotten and even to that point i shared this one lady who's in her 70s and she's kind of thinking that her days are past and She's living life and she's doing well, remarried. She and her husband were married 40 years. Another gentleman was married to his wife for 30 something years and they both lost their spouses and found love together. And every now and then she'll text me something and I just took text her back the other day and said, please don't waste the effort or better yet, the uniqueness of your talent on just emails and text messages. You are too good of a writer for the world not to know, please share your gift. And she said, thank you, please continue to encourage me because she was told this in the ninth grade that you have exceptional skill. And here it is now, what, 70, 60 years later, the gift is without repentance. They don't recoil, they're just waiting to be released. Yes, I had a wonderful teacher who since passed in the sixth grade say, told me you are an excellent writer. Don't ever give up on that gift. And in the sixth grade, you don't listen to your teachers. Well, it wasn't until 2011, I had nothing better to do but sit in, on a couch with a computer and start typing. Wow, wow. I'm glad you did. I mean, I've, I've looked at the movies you're putting together and, and all those other things, and I think you're a testimony to that reality. And even to the person who may be listening, it's always easiest to do nothing, mm -hmm. but it's not the most beneficial thing when there are too many graves that have within them, not just the bodies of the deceased, but the ideas that were supposed to be released. Mm -hmm. And my goal in part is to help people empty themselves 
of everything that's in them, leave it on the field, leave it in the earth, if you will, but do not take it to the grave. And when we do that collectively through the encouragement, then maybe some of those fearful people will get off the bench or get off of that fear and get into the game because somebody needs the life that's inside of them. Exactly. And here's the thing. When you're doing something and you're trying to implement an idea, it doesn't mean implement that idea through violence. You're Correct. Not you're not implementing an idea then. All you're doing is implementing fear. That is absolutely right. I'm, I'm glad you made that clarification because some people's ideas of fulfillment is the detriment of other people. And that is flat out not the plan that the creator had for any of us. In fact, when the objective in the book of Genesis is to be fruitful and multiply, the next wording was subdue the earth there was never a notion of subduing other people. So ideas by an, in and of themselves are designed to add fruitfulness to the life of the people that we are assigned to, be it a small number or a large number, but you're absolutely right. Any idea that is to the detriment of another person is not an idea that births, it is birth, I should say, it's not an idea that's birthed from love. Yeah, we're seeing so much of this right now in different cities around the country this is not how you get things done. This is not how you accomplish something. This is how you go backwards instead of forwards. There's something out there called purpose deficit disorder, uh, PDD. PDD occurs when what you just said takes place. The body of the individual from the head, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, and the ears, plus the hands, the sexual organ, and the feet are eight anatomical cues or hints as to what should be done with either the male or the female body. Based upon that by itself, we can look in the mirror and know as a man, fundamentally, I'm a seed planter. As a woman, fundamentally, women gather seeds and nurture seeds. Men don't give birth naturally, although we can give birth spiritually. Women don't plant seed naturally, but they can plant seed spiritually. So the root reality of our design potential is easily wrapped up in what we look like, not by way of skin tone, because we're all really one shade of umber, mm -hmm. umber being varying shades of light or dark. So there is no, you know, I'm a black person and you're a white person that really doesn't even exist on a physiological level. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about is ideology that again is informed by our awareness of what our anatomy tells us we're rooted here to do right and we have to take those roots and nurture the things around us yes yes and and that's the reason why as some circles say you know diversity training over the last 50 years hasn't worked because it's all about the differences versus the contributions that we bring together in those differences and my ability to understand your differences to help me fulfill my design potential and then vice versa. When that is the case, nobody loses because skin never enters the conversation because it's never about the color of the skin, Martin Luther King said that, but the content of the person's character. But character's being overrun by ideas that make character the second point and skin the first point. And those who run for those finish lines don't really find that they've won when they arrive. Exactly, and here's another point. When you dress like, 
you're not worth anything, okay? This is what our younger generation looks like. They dress in grunge, holy shirts and everything. And then they, they wonder why they're not getting the jobs at $15 an hour. So you have to dress for success. It doesn't mean change your skin tone or change how you talk a little bit. You can't use uh, robotics or whatever they, that's called. You have to dress for the job. If you're wearing a holy t-shirt, that's great if you're doing um, trash pickup and uh, working on a car and stuff like this. But if you want the job that's making $15, $20 an hour sitting behind a desk, you're not going to get it looking like you don't value yourself. Exactly. I think even the Oscars some years ago uh, participated in what I consider an entire attack, a campaign against honor. Mm -hmm. And when I saw tennis shoes and t-shirts, even though you can wear what you want, mm -hmm. when you go up on stage to receive your award, mm -hmm. the dishonor shown to the institution of it. And I'm not saying the Oscars are perfect in terms of how people get chosen. I'm just talking about every environment calls for a different attire. Mm -hmm. But when all attire, is relegated to what I think, not what the organization or the institution is about, then there is no respect being transferred, even though there may be excellence inside of it. For example, the person who won the Oscar for or the Grammy for, who is dressing like they're at home and not in front of millions of people, they can do just what they did. They can walk up there, they can get it with a holy t-shirt or a grunge look, as you indicated and it will not den uh, denigrate at all their skills and their ability. But the problem with the disrespect for, let's just say a higher order, is to indicate that you have to accept me the way that I am. Well, you just got the Oscar, so you are accepted. Mm -hmm. The idea though is, why don't we sometimes respect the place where we, if you will, get rewarded? So if everything is neutral, then nothing is sacred. And if nothing is sacred, nothing is holy. And if nothing is holy, we're just a bunch of animals, which is not the truth, because even the little gap between apes and humans is big enough to make us intelligent and them still in cages. Very true. And we, okay, I'm doing this interview from home. Now, I could be at home doing this interview in a holy t-shirt and whatever, but I have more respect for my guest my viewers and for the messages i'm trying to get out than to be here in a grungy t-shirt you know you hit it on the head because the idea of respect which goes along with the idea of honor that word respect has some of its root meaning in remembering and some of the best traditions that are passed along are those that are spoken about from generation to generation which is why we need older people and we don't need to just disband them to a nursing home mm -hmm. because the younger have to start all over without that information. So to understand that respect does require submission. Oh, might we even use that word? Respect also requires remembering. And when we put remembering and submission together, then we get along because submission does not mean that you are inferior. Mm -hmm. It just means that you understand the sense of order. And I believe that's the reason why honor is oftentimes only given when there is a problem 
and you have to submit to an authority that is now using brute force when those lessons should have been taught at home by moms and dads long before the events of, let's just call it disrepair, take place. Very true. I'm very lucky to have been raised by my grandparents because I got the knowledge of World War II passed to me from firsthand experience. Wow. I am so grateful my daughter is being raised with me, but I have my grandmother, her great-grandmother, my mother, and my stepdad, who was a Korean War vet, who can teach her the lessons from their eras. Wow. Yeah, she's very fortunate to have that lineage there, that whole line, because a lot of people don't. They're in the foster care system, Mm -hmm. and in that system, they are missing out on some, we'll just call it more stately components of it. It's not that they can't learn it, Mm -hmm. but it would be learned in a far better environment. So it's really awesome that your daughter is able to pick up the lineage and the generations of things that she will know that she won't have to learn the hard way because someone's giving her those clues. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, we teach her everything from civil rights, from Martha Luther King, to everything from those generations. Why? Because if she has the knowledge, she's not going to repeat the mistakes of the past. This is what's lacking in society today, and we're seeing this play out across the country. Yeah, the lack of remembering is in part because of the lack of learning, and it's the lack of observance, and it's the lack of caring. I mean, a lot of what happens today is done at the speed of the next selfie. Mm -hmm. And because it's all about the amusement and not the musing, then the person is not usually in a mode of contemplation because that is relegated as boring. And if it's relegated as boring, it doesn't get the value of my time. And so that little trap of always being entertained, which has for the last six months been taken away, you know, it's even made me rethink some things. I'm an avid sports fan, love basketball and and football growing up, baseball too. But I'm actually not excited about the return of any of those sports because And not that they don't deserve their due. Again, all of them are tremendous athletes. Mm -hmm. I just begin to recognize that just as they are applying their trade. Now, I've said this before, but I'm really getting a chance to live this during this this pandemic. That they're applying their trade. They're putting their work in. Well, I need to know more about what I do than about what they did. Mm -hmm. I need to know my stats better than I know their stats. Mm -hmm. I need to find the fans who need what I'm offering as they have also found their fans in the various arenas. And I encourage everyone to recognize that there's a work ethic associated with anything that we do of value. Mm -hmm. Ironing a shirt, preparing for an interview. And again, there's no harm in the submission to a program that is, if you will, different than the individualism that we think is the most important act of our freedom. And while freedom and individualism has its place, so does organization, so does family, so does the country. And if we put those things together, we'll be very thankful that we're in this America. As messed up as it is, we're in one of the greatest countries in the world because of what our ancestors did. And we need to be the ones who continue to build upon that. Right. And the thing is, we cannot blame just one person for today's society. We're blaming one person. Well, there's how many people in the government? 
You cannot blame just one person. If one person isn't working, are they being worked against by other people? Because even if you work in McDonald's, you have managers that are great managers, but if they're employees, they're under staff, works against this, against them, it's not going to work. You're exactly right. There's a meaning crisis. And I put a little bit of that in the book. But when it comes down to the meaning crisis, that's the reason or the underpinning of what drives the inability to really look at things from an objective point of view, even though the, the intelligence of everyone makes them available to really put things together. But when folks don't put one and one and two and two or simply connect the dots, it's because there is a meaning that's missing. So now the rationale goes out the window and the instinct kicks in. And if those other thoughts are dark in the midst of an instinct getting kicked in, then bad things happen just because, you go back to the beginning, the person didn't remember. And therefore there was no respect. No respect, no remembering, no meaning. Now you gotta take me as I am, and if you don't, then bump you, and if I'm bumping you and you're bumping me, then we're in conflict. And that's the darkness that the enemy wants to bring to humanity. And as you indicated, not just to one person, nor even to one group, but to all of humanity, if he can work that with our cooperation. Yeah, my, one of my favorite quotes that my grandfather taught me, and it's in um, The Art of War, is you never go attack an enemy from without, you attack them from within. We've th seen this with the Trojan Wars. You go from within, you infiltrate from within. When you have that ideology of, hey, I don't like this person, I'm going to get one, two, three, 20 people to back me that we don't like this person, I'm not gonna get my work done, but I'm gonna make everything a living nightmare for that one person until they leave. You know, you're, you're talking about what's happening in the last days with that mm -hmm. statement. And I never connected with the art of war, but that is a very compelling reality because as a former military man, that book was, was material that we had to get to. And the art of war, in addition to that, says about knowing your enemy, but the way you just put that, sometimes the enemy is in us and we need to go inside, not so much to attack, but to rearrange and reset. And when we don't do that, those who prescribe to a different view always look at other people. And since they never get the man in the mirror treatment that Michael Jackson sang about, then it's difficult for me to even want to change because I'm too busy looking at you. So has it happened? We have to look within ourselves, fix ourselves before we can fix out here. You know, and there's so much to be fixed. I, I have a congregation that I address, which right now is all virtual, mm -hmm. but I say to them all the time, I'm enough work by myself to be concerned about what you personally do not do. And by the way, that's also true of everyone listening. We are individual works such mm -hmm. that we don't have the time to spend a whole lot of moments on what this one did, that one did, and so forth. Because when we realize the one thing we just learned how many more things do we need to learn? Mm -hmm. And if they are humbling enough to us, my God, help me with me. In fact, I pray that prayer 
routinely. Help me with me, not Jerry Maguire style. Help me with me. And when I get those answers, I then begin to become even more humbled by the fact that if, if I'm searching and I still don't have all the answers, maybe that person hasn't even started their search and that's why they act like they do. Exactly. It's just, we have to stop looking at other people for our answers. We have to start in here, in our minds, in our hearts and fix here so we can fix everything else. <laughs> we have to grow up to be parents for yeah. our children. <laughs> the adult in the room, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I was thinking about that the other day because when you consider how we all want to succeed, right? Everybody wants to succeed. But when you marry that against the desire to succeed and the reality of failure, it's adults who have to be honest. And I know that there's a psychology out there that says, you know, everybody who plays wins. And it's just not true because everybody who is playing isn't one, playing by the rules, or two, they're not going inside to pull the best of them out. Mm -hmm. And so the reality of failure for those who don't do that is greater than the desire to. So when we put both together, the inside desire to succeed, measure against the outside reality forces of failure, I win if my inside is stronger than the opposition on the outside. Very true. Well, it's a pleasure talking to you. And before we run out of time, where can our listeners and our viewers find you? Well, they can go two places. They can click on the link and get the book and start using it. We need everybody to be praying for the president, the Congress, the Senate, and the country. Love for you to do that. Second place is kdchurch.org, kdchurch 